is good, everyone? Welcome to the inaugural episode of the new classic film photography podcast. It's one of my new efforts here, and my goal basically is to showcase the vast and diverse film photography community. We're talking about all kinds of stuff, culture, gear, current events, you name it. So my promise to you is to showcase people from every single nook and cranny of this earth across all kinds of different demographics and interests. So today we got a very, very special guest, someone who has been making lots of noise recently in the best way possible, really kind of making us confront some of the key issues that face our film photography community. So while I was browsing Instagram recently, kind of moving around, looking at different things, I saw that someone had reposted a post from Danielle. And Danielle basically has been talking about the lack of female representation across all of kind of our major social channels, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, the web, you name it. So it's a very important issue that definitely has to be addressed. And you know, part of how we start doing this is by having these kind of engaging conversations with the people who know the issues the best. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Danielle. Very excited today. Got a, a guest who I actually don't know that well myself, but you know, we've been exchanging some messages on Instagram. And that's kind of how life works nowadays. You know, you meet people online and then, you know, you go from there. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Danielle. Danielle, I'm not going to speak for you. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Danielle Robleski. I'm probably better known as girl with too many cameras on Instagram. I am uh, 31 years old. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am a film photographer who daylights as an HR professional. Nice. Well, I, I think a lot of us are in that boat. Maybe not in HR, but you know, we, we daylight as something. <laughs> yeah. Film photography is, you know, that's where all the the desire really is, though. Or I, I would assume, at least for me. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I am not in the U.S. right now. I'm obviously from the U.S. I'm from New York, but I'm in London right now. So. For all of our listeners, um, a lot of dedication here. You know, I'm, I'm up at 11 o'clock at night trying to make this happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. But let, let's dig into this real quick because you can't have an Instagram handle like yours and, yeah. you know, not, and not talk about cameras. So first off, how many cameras are we talking here? Oh, gosh. Well, too many. <laughs> too many. Okay. Uh, too many. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I don't count them all too much because I tend to when I do count them, I tend to have like a bit of a panic, like, oh God, <laughs> I have too many cameras. Like, how did I get all these cameras? Um, I, so I think the last time I counted, I'm somewhere in the ballpark of about 40 cameras. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. I was really curious to hear what you had to say, because I did a video on YouTube, I don't know, two months ago or something saying how many cameras I had. And I thought I was coming in there, you know, with some big guns being like, yeah, I got 15 cameras. And everyone was clowning me on the comments talking about, 15 cameras, that's it? <laughs> so Weak, brother. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Apparently, I got to step up my game. You know, I thought I was killing it. Uh, but since then, honestly, I haven't bought any new ones. But I'm starting to think about getting rid of some of them. I don't know. Maybe I'm going through like a, a random, I don't know what the equivalent is for photography, but like a midlife crisis when it comes to film cameras. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, oh, man, you're, you're stronger than I am. I have not so far <laughs> been strong enough to part with any and there's some that I actually like really just don't like and I just <laughs> haven't parted with them yet you've got some cameras you resent how you just look at them being like man I I could have gotten rid of you a long time ago 
<laughs> yeah, this is maybe a controversial opinion, but one of those cameras for me is the Yashica Electro uh, 35. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh man, I know everybody raves about that camera. I scored such a great deal <laughs> on it at the thrift store. It was $5 and I've shot two rolls through it and it was torture for me. <laughs> like each roll that I shot on it, I just hated using that camera. I hate that you can't see what shutter speed it's selecting. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I just, I just can't get, and I'd always miss, uh, mixed up the aperture ring with the focus ring. And I, so I don't ever use it anymore, but I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I think the problem is, you know, film photography kind of encourages a little bit of this like weird promiscuity, you know, it's like, oh, a new camera. And then, you know, you see some qualities in another camera that your other ones don't have and you kind of get into some trouble right there. So I, I totally get you. There, I right? guess there, there's no perfect camera or maybe there is for you. I don't know. But I feel like there's always something that a camera's missing that another one has. And then you kind of just have to live with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's no perfect camera, but I think there is perfect cameras for specific situations. Like each one of my cameras, I love them for a specific purpose. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have like a perfect camera overall, but I have different cameras that I know are the best for whatever types of things I'm trying to do. No, no, that's a fantastic way to look at it. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I definitely kind of pull out a different tool depending on what I'm doing, especially nowadays. I, I bought a Canon 7 rangefinder camera like five months ago. And long story short, the lens that came with it got stolen from a box and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't, I didn't use it. And then I kind of just like stopped thinking about it. And then now it's the only camera I've been using for the last like month and a half because I've been doing some street photography. So um, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I'm like, if I'm going to do street photography, I got to be cool and use a rangefinder camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go out there with my fully automatic, you know, Canon SLR from the 90s. That's just not that's not the street style, you know? <laughs> no, that's too uncool. So I want, I want to talk to you a bit about the, the content I've seen on your Instagram, specifically your photos. Let's, let's start with mm -hmm. that. Okay. Um, I've seen, first of all, the thing that struck me immediately was how consistent the colors are in your images. Um, oh. And I find that, and I don't even know if that's a compliment. I, I mean that in a good way, but I guess my point is one of the challenges I've felt with film photography is that depending on what role of film I use, depending on what I did that day for development and like my stuff, the colors just go all over the place. Even in the okay. same role, having a consistent look within one role that I shot within the same hour in the same place, you know, I can get very wildly different results. So I'm curious, is this just kind of like a mix of editing or you're just highly curating your content? How do you achieve this uniform look? Like, what is that experience like for you? Yeah, I would say um, probably a little bit of both. You know, I people do comment to me, I've heard people say before, like, oh, you never take a bad shot or every exposure is on. And I'm like, girl, like you don't see the bad ones. Like, <laughs> I am only showing you the good ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think part of it is, you know, finding curated feed. Um, but I do do post-production as, as well. I, I really kind of live and die by Lightroom. So yeah, um, that is, it's, it's so quick and easy to do it in Lightroom because you can just do all your edits on one photo and then you just copy and paste those on the next photo. Um, and that's super helpful to kind of keep everything, like you said, consistent. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't know. I think for me, I, I don't do as much Lightroom action as I used to. I, I shot a ton of digital before I got into film. And, you know, obviously Lightroom is heavy there. I think one of the things I like about film is that in my mind, at least, I feel like, you know, what I get out of the camera, quote unquote, um, after developing and scanning, I'm just like, 
I'm cool with it. And I think that's why my things, um, I, I don't have like a, let's say a palette per se. Also, I, I photograph all kinds of different things. I use every different film you can think of, different camera. I even mess around when I'm developing in the bathroom. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I, it's almost implied that I'm not going to get consistency in anything. And, you know, that's, that's just kind of one way to do it. Um, so it, more about your photos. What, what kind, of, kind, of, kind of things do you like shooting? Um, what kind of what is your go to when it comes to film photography? Gosh, you know, that's such a good question. I don't know. I feel like I'm always just getting like random ideas and inspirations on things that I want to shoot. It's, you know, it's largely based on like stuff around me that I really love. Um, Recently, I've been really on this kick of um, photographing the state parks that are in my area. Like I said, I live in Milwaukee and we have just a really gorgeous state park system in uh, Wisconsin. Um, so I've just, I, I love hiking. I love being outside. So that's kind of been my like jam recently. Um, but I also, I just love the city. I love Milwaukee. Uh, people call it a city of neighborhoods, which is Mm -hmm. really, really accurate. There's just so many unique and different neighborhoods with different, um, architecture styles. And I love just walking through the city and finding cool and neat old buildings that all look different and all are very characteristic and, Um, I just love capturing those moments on film. And sometimes I think like, you know, what somebody maybe a hundred years from now might think looking at my photos, they're going to see what Milwaukee looked like a hundred years ago. And um, I love um, just being able to like capture and preserve things as they look right now. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I, I feel like people have had that mission throughout cycles of history and Thinking mm-hmm. about what your photos will look like in a hundred years, like I've, I haven't thought about that ever. So it's a really interesting perspective to hear you say. Um, I feel like I need to appreciate that, especially you know we shoot uh, film is on plastic, so that stuff's going to be around forever. Therefore, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, if it's going to stick around forever, we'll hope that somebody else can appreciate it down the line. Um, yeah. Well, just kind of one one thing, one else, one other thing to wrap up here on in terms of your content. So, what camera is kind of your go-to nowadays you find yourself leaning towards mm-hmm. one most of the time or you're still kind of mm-hmm. dabbling a bit yeah that's a good question you know I I got to my level of 40 cameras uh because when I first was starting out about three years ago I just like became so obsessed and I wanted to learn about all different cameras and I was finding so many cheap ones at the thrift store um, and so I kind of quickly amassed all these cameras and I was experimenting with them, but I would say since then, I've definitely kind of whittled down to kind of like a main core. Um, I don't know if I really have like a main shooter. I kind of just go in moods. I, I try, I try to give love equally to all the cameras I like. <laughs> um, I don't want them to ever think I forgot about them. So, um, I've recently, most recently really been loving my Bronica ETR. Um, Bronica I got gang. that. Yes, <laughs> Veronica Tribe. I um, got that this summer. Um, up until then, I was doing medium format primarily on TLRs, which I love TLRs, but I just, you know, they have some limitations. The The two TLRs I have only go down to 3.5. I wanted something that had another stop or so of light and yeah. uh, just something that was maybe brought the image quality up even more. So yeah, I, I zeroed in on the Veronica and that's kind of been quickly become a favorite. So I love that one. I also have a, um, a Canon Elan one that I I've really been getting into shooting. I also 
you know, these plastic, fantastic cameras, people poo poo <laughs> them so much, but they, they do such a good job. I actually, I have a Minolta Maxim five. It's a teeny little thing, but it's a workhorse and it's amazing. Yeah. And, um, I, I love shooting on that too. So yeah, I try to give them all love. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. I, I, I think I actually have a very similar roster as you I've got an ETRS, which for my medium format is kind of like the, the biggest and baddest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got, well, I wouldn't say I got, but a, a friend of mine long-term loaned me a TLR, a beautiful Roliflex 2.8, um, which I think you would love based on what you just said. Um, so I, I took that with me on a trip this summer when I went to Italy and it was amazing to use. That was the only oh. thing I was using for like five days. And then, um, and then, yeah, the plastic fantastics. I, I might have to steal that. Do you, do you give me permission to steal that? <laughs> Go for I stole it from somebody else. So uh, <laughs> we'll just keep stealing it for people. All right, we'll pass it around then. Um, but yeah, the plastic fantastic. Like no one's gonna tell me those cameras aren't the shit. I I I have I guess I only have two of them, but the my 300 v which is probably the ugliest camera that I own, that camera I've taken all over the place. It's the single camera that I've made the most exposures with. And it's amazing. Like using it just makes me feel happy and secure. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that I got the photo that I wanted when I used that camera. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think we're, we're on the same wavelength there. That, that's a pretty legit uh, arsenal that you've got there. I keep talking yeah. about weapons. I don't, I don't even like, <laughs> I'm, I'm from New York City. Like we don't mess around with guns and I'm over here talking <laughs> about guns. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I want to pivot slightly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons that I even like came to know who you were, at least on Instagram, was because of something that I saw posted by one of my friends. So I'm, I'm friends with Joan Mitchell, who I, who I know you who follow and mm-hmm. I'm on YouTube and all that. She and I met through some YouTube connections. We hung out this summer when I went back home in New York. Anywho, she, she shared something with me. She was like, oh, check this out. And it was a screenshot of one of your posts. And basically you had, I, I don't know who exactly the, the questionnaire was from, but the point is, it was like, who are your favorite YouTubers or, or YouTube photographers? And it was a list of, I think, six dudes. And you very bravely and aptly and obviously were like, hello, where are the women? Like, are there only men on YouTube? Like, what's going on? And, you know, I, I saw that and it instantly kind of, you know, struck a chord with me because, A, I, I consider myself someone who tries to like play, to like actively diversify the stuff that I consume and to try to really like throw thinking and, and attention and, and support in all directions. But then... I kept reading through your story once I went on your profile. And then I saw that you had sourced all these different names of other female photographers. And I didn't know any of them. Maybe at least for like, you posted like, I don't even know. It was like 80 or something. It was like a ton of stories on there. Halfway through, I still didn't know who any of the people were. And then eventually I saw some of the people that I knew. So immediately I was like, wow, I think I know, but obviously I don't know anything because there's all these amazing photographers and, you know, I had no idea. So long story short, because this isn't about me. Long story short, A, I want to commend you on what I consider to be bravery, and we can get into that. And then B, um, you know, before we continue, I, I want you to kind of just tell us the story. Tell us what it is that you're kind of promoting right now, because I think it's powerful, but I think people should hear it directly from you. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, what I'm really focused on right now is there is a huge lack of female representation in the film community. And it's not for lack of people. Like, we are here. There are as you said in my stories, there's literally hundreds and thousands of women in the film community. And we oftentimes feel a bit invisible, you know, um, time and time again, I see discussions on social media and online all the time about, like you said, like, 
who are your favorite YouTubers? And it's only ever the guys getting mentioned. Um, and I'm not trying to say that those men aren't deserving of recognition. I mean, they're amazing photographers. They put out great content. But the point is there are women who are equally as talented, who produ produce equally high quality content, who are never included in those discussions. And, you know, it's the same thing on Instagram. So many of the feature pages are run primarily by men featuring a large percentage of male artists. You know, the, uh, there's a big problem with not enough women being represented on those pages either. And um, I, you know, I guess kind of my perspective of how this all came to be, um, you know, I appreciate that you say it's brave. I, I really wasn't thinking in the moment, like I'm being brave. I, um, this is something that women in the film community have been talking amongst themselves for a long time. Like I got into the film community about three years ago and I quickly very realized that this was an issue. And as I started making connections with other women, online, it was always something that was part of our conversations. I think we just never talked about it openly and, and outwardly, you know, we were just always talking about it privately. Um, and so that day that I went on uh, Reddit, it was, and I saw the poll that said, who's your favorite YouTuber? <laughs> and it's just all freaking men. It was just kind of like the last straw for me. I was just like, nope, not today. I don't have patience <laughs> for this shit anymore today. Um, and so I just, you know, I really, I, I didn't put that much thought into it. I just screenshotted it and I was like, I'm just going to throw up like a little mini rant in my story. I'll quickly, I mean, I have, a, I follow a lot of people on Instagram. So I was yeah. like, I'll just quickly scroll through and pick out like my favorites. Um, not thinking anything of it. I just yeah. thought like, oh, you know, maybe five people will react. The majority of people will just probably ignore it. And then it just like took off. It just went crazy. And um, I think, you know, I, I realized the reason why it took off is like I said, you know, women have been talking about this amongst themselves for a really long time. But I think this is probably one of the first times that we've been so vocal about it publicly within the community. Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible. And it, it definitely took off. And I'm, I'm, pr I'm actually proud of the fact that it took off because a like you said, Lots of women have obviously been feeling this and, and you know, just kind of you'd like the spark and everybody has feels empowered. Mm -hmm. um, but I did notice there were men participating in, in some of that conversation as well, which is, is one of the solutions that needs to take place here. Um, Absolutely. I, I think for me, honestly, it was very useful, A, just because there were so many different new people exposed to me in that list that selfishly as a man, I was like, well, you know, you thought you knew, you obviously don't know, here's the list, like, you know, do it, you have no excuse. Um, and I think a lot of other guys, I guarantee you felt the same way. And like, oh, man, here's the list, like, let me start digging through here and see what I like and see who I can follow. And you know, that's a first step. It, it all starts with the first step. But, you know, mm -hmm. we want to avoid tokenism. I, I, I can't help but compare your experience to my experience, because um, I am a member of underrepresented communities. Um, mm -hmm. I'm Afro Latino, I'm, I'm Hispanic, I'm Dominican. Uh, person of color, all of you know, throw whatever label you want on there. It doesn't matter. But the point is, I think about, um, you know, this summer you had all those protests, yep. the George Floyd murder and all that, you know, everybody came out of nowhere talking about, here's my favorite, like black photographer. Here's my favorite black this, black that. So yeah. And tokenism, you know, it, it's kind of a, a sad excuse for like fake activism. And I don't, yep. I'm not here to call people out. That's not my goal, but my goal is to kind of encourage people to 
do more than that. And I think one of the great things you did on your post was, you know, you told people, hey, this is a start, start following, start kind of seeing what else is out there that, that you can actively, you know, seek out, but then also actually engage with those people that you see and that you follow now that are new, you know, sharing their posts, great thing you can do, but commenting on their posts, talking to them separately, you know, having photographer conversations with them the way you would with your male counterparts, you yep. know, that's basically the same thing. You just want to treat them as yourself, but you know, also you want to be considerate of, of the fact that they are a woman and that they have their own issues or whatever. Groundbreaking, absolutely groundbreaking. <laughs> I wish to treat the female photographers just like we treat everybody else. I know, I know. It, 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 you know, it, it, it does sound kind of ridiculous to state, but um, in these kind of conversations, it helps to be very practical. You know, I find that that giving people actionable things really makes a difference. But Adam, I'm curious, how have you felt that kind of uh, those suggestions, for example, the ones you've already put out there? Have you already started to see those in play in your interactions with other people? Yeah, you know, I would say I've, um, I mean, since I first brought this up almost a week ago now, um, I have really been blown away by just how many people have reached out to me, women, men, non-binary, you know, everybody. I've, I've been really touched by how many people have reached out. And um, I do feel like it's, it's different that people are starting to take notice of this and that people are starting to want to keep this conversation going and, and, and keep interacting with female photographers. And, um, especially today, I, you know, I kind of, I'm starting this new series on my page called, uh, uh, women with film Wednesday. And honestly, I, I announced it over the weekend that I was going to be doing it. And when I came up with this idea over the weekend, I thought, you know, what I would love to see is I would love to see like everybody doing this. I would love to see everybody partaking every week, every Wednesday doing a women with film Wednesday post, whether it's in your stories or on your page. And I thought that I, we might get there. We might get to that point where a lot of people are doing it, but I figured it would take some time. You know, I, it would be weeks of me just posting this on my own. And I have honestly been really just shocked at how many people today are already the, the first Wednesday, they're already participating in women with film Wednesday. And I, I think that speaks to hopefully that this isn't just tokenism, that people are wanting to interact and, and participate in this new series. And a lot, I see a lot of people saying that they want to do this every Wednesday now. And I, so I really hope that that's the case. You know, I think it's, it's a little early to say whether this is just tokenism or not, but I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I, I, I'm getting a good feeling about this as well. And, And the support has been huge. I've already seen it echoed through, a lot of my uh, following or not my following, but people that I'm following. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if those people saw that through you or through someone else, but you know, we live in the social media age, a hashtag is all you really need to start kicking things off. So, so good on you for really establishing that. Um, But yeah, everyone listening, I think at least from my point of view and and perhaps also from Daniel's point of view, like it's an encouragement to to participate. You know, we're not here to persecute. We're not here to kind of like draw lines and, and divide people. It's more about doing the exact opposite, which is, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, we have this problem, please understand it. And please try to do your part. So yeah. I mean, if you, if you need, if you need any help with that, you got questions, hit me up. I'm always down. And, you know, of course, just interact with the community. There's so many great female photographers out there and yeah, there, you've got plenty to learn from them just as you do from your, your male counterparts on YouTube and Instagram. Exactly. Um, so fantastic. Seriously, I, I honestly do think this is courageous because, you know, if I put myself 
in, in some version of your shoes, let, let's say I'm going to think about it from the race perspective and I start calling people out, I, I immediately would say things online and, and start to wonder like, wow, should I have done that? What's going to be the consequences? How do I look? And, you know, you did that regardless of whether or not you had those feelings. So mm-hmm. seriously, like major props. Um, so I want to, I want to go ahead and pivot now. I want to talk about okay. kind of 2021. Um, first and foremost, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're as interested in all these random products and all this kind of stuff that pops up left and right for film photography. I find it kind of exciting because, you know, the cameras we use, they're all old. They're not new. Yeah. No one's making cameras. So the little kind of excitement we can get comes from, you know, these kind of accessories. So I'm just curious, mm-hmm. is there any accessory or any kind of thing that you've been watching that you're excited for? Anything you're looking to throw some cash at? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, like Daniel a year ago probably would have been like, yeah, I need all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like I've kind of hit a really great equilibrium. I, I feel just really content with like my current setup. I, I'm kind of in this phase and this mindset right now where it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Everything's working for me. I, I don't feel like overtly like something's really missing that I, I need some sort of a gear or accessory to address. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess not really, you know, I, I, I guess the one thing that I do really want to get into more um, in 2021 is I've kind of really stayed safe in my little uh, bubble of just like Kodak Portra, Kodak Ektar. <laughs> um, yeah. And I really want to, you know, branch out a little bit. I want to try some different films. I, I really should. I mean, I've been shooting film for like three years now and I've, I've just stuck to Kodak. So wow, okay. um, I think, it, yeah, I really um, would like to get more into Lamography stuff. Um, I recently got some of their just regular color negative film, like uh, Lamography 100. And it's a, a gorgeous film. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. And I was honestly blown away. Like the first role I shot of it this summer, I was thinking like, oh, you know, I'm sure it'll just be like medium quality. And I got it back and I was like, this is as gorgeous as Portra. Like this is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'd like to try some of their more um, like experimental um, films, some of the Lomachromes, Purples, M- Metropolis. I think those would be really fun because I haven't really ventured into that at all yet. Um, and then I currently, I've really started to get more into black and white uh, photography. Nice. You don't see it yet on my page because I'm always kind of, there's a bit of a lag with what I'm currently shooting versus what I'm sure. posting. Um, but I've um, trying to shoot more black and white. I'm really loving it. And, but same with that, I've kind of just stuck to my safe little bubble of Kodak Tri-X. <laughs> so I would like to, <laughs> except with the exception of Ilford HP5, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but I uh, hated HP5. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> shoot like that. Um, Fair I, enough. I know. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to try some other um, black and white films that aren't HP5 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> maybe some of the lower ISO ones. I know there's the, the 80, the ortho plus that came out. Um, I think that'd be really great to try. So yeah, yeah that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. No, no, that that's great. I mean, if you're not talking about gear, the other thing you could talk about is film stocks. So you, you're, mm-hmm. you're definitely, you've got a lot, a lot of potential to throw money at things on that front. Um, yeah. I, I've been dabbling in black and white a lot too recently, um, starting maybe I'd say five, six weeks ago, just because you know, black and white is there's so much out there. And I, I knew I wasn't going to be good at it. You got to kind of approach it differently, at least from my perspective. So, um, but my strategy is just like shoot everything, find any random film stock, just throw it in the camera, do it. 
and see what happens. And I think my style with black and white, I don't know if it's a crutch or not, but my style is it's crunchy, contrasty grading. Mm-hmm. Like I just like it to look a little bit dirty for some reason. Um, and, and maybe it's just, I, I don't have that refined black and white palette, but you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm having a good time with this so far and it is cheaper than a lot of the color film stocks. So you, you get a lot kind of more bang for yeah. your buck there. Um, yeah. yeah that- I actually never thought about that price point difference until you just pointed it out. And I'm like, damn, Oh yeah, no, you're you're, you're going to save a bit of money because if you're shooting portrait only, like you must be hurting from three years ago till now. The prices are definitely a bit different. Oh yeah, my wallet hasn't been happy with me for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I, I've been lucky now, honestly, through social media, people start sending you random stuff. So not only do I get to like try all these things that I'd never even heard of, a lot of older films and just kind of things on the periphery. But, um, you know, people are being very generous. Like, I don't have to pay for the film. They're just sending it out. So I'm trying to honor these things, but I'm, I'm a bit behind. You know, I want to push out content and, and try to showcase everything and, and everyone who's been very generous. But um, mm-hmm. I, I sound like a diva, but it gets tough. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep up. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I think just lastly, I'm curious, um, what are your goals? I know you just mentioned some things about shooting more black and white. Is there anything, mm-hmm. anything else outside of that that's kind of your big focus for 2021? Any projects or like any kind of major ideas you're, you're trying to sink into? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm probably there. I think there's some photographers who are super like planned out and like a dream of things they want to shoot. And I'm, I'm really not quite that organized. I kind of just go with like, okay, what do I feel like doing today? Oh, you know what? Let's, let's check out this neighborhood and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try shooting um, some photos there. So I don't really have any big, um, like dreams that I've been wanting to go shoot a certain place. Though I will say, you know, I've actually, I've wanted to do more double exposures. I, that's another thing that I feel like I just don't play around enough with my film. You know, I, my, I feel like my photos are a little conventional sometimes. So I I do want to do maybe some more like fun double exposures. I, I have always thought it'd be lovely to do portraits. Um, I just like a lack of people in my life that I can do <laughs> portraits with, you know, so, so many of my friends don't live in my city. And gotcha. um, so I, I just don't have too many like close people that, that I'm like close enough to sure. um, in my city that I, I, I would feel comfortable asking to do portraits with, but um, maybe that will just, that'll stay a dream. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll find some way to make portraits become a reality at some point. No, no, that's great. I think you'll, you'll get hooked once you jump into portraits, especially you already shoot a lot of medium format and yeah. medium format and portraits together, like yeah. magic, especially you got that Bronica. Like, I think that oh, is, I that's the one. <laughs> I, I have a bunch yeah. of lenses for my Bronica and I have one of those big grips as well. And, yeah, I got one of those too. Oh, for the, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah. grip just makes everything feel so much more legit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, definitely you'll find somebody, whether it's some rando on the street or, or a friend, doesn't matter. It's worth it. <laughs> oh man, I don't know about the random on the street. You know, Fair there's enough. some, I know that's, I know that's a street <laughs> photography thing. People love to just like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of get up in people's faces and take take their photo. I'm just not brave enough to do that. <laughs> I just, I'm too scared of getting screamed at. <laughs> no, no, I feel you. I, I feel, definitely feel the exact. I'm trying, but it's me faking it till I make it. I'm, I'm definitely out there yeah. trying. Well, thanks again for joining. I mean, I had a great time discussing here. I think a lot of things here would be very useful for people beyond just being just entertainment, you know, hearing us talk about film photography. So really, really appreciate your time. Um, And yeah, go follow. It's Girl With Too Many Cameras. Did I butcher that or is that right? Nope, that's correct. Yep. Perfect. All right. So you know what to do. Go find her on IG and 
give her a follow, interact, comment. You know, this is for the long term. You know, like I said, we're not we're not just here for for one quick action. So, thanks yeah. again and take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed this. What's good, everybody? Hope you enjoyed this episode of the new Classic Film Photography Podcast. Make sure to check out the episode details so you know where to find our guests on social media. I'm your host, Ribsy, and it's been an absolute pleasure to chop it up with y'all today. Catch you on the next one. I'm out.